a sneak peek from this week's episode. You know, we talk about this a lot. When you're traveling, make sure you pack plenty of patience because when you run into these delays, it's going to be very frustrating. And and we saw a lot of people who figured that out because we're sitting there in this airport and, you know, we don't know who to call. I'm Scott. And I'm Melissa. And we are the Sunshine Travelers. Our passion is travel and sharing our experiences with those who enjoy it as much as we do or those who want to learn more about travel, or even those that just want to live vicariously through our travel stories. No matter where you follow along that journey, get ready to hear about our firsthand experiences as we visit some of the most interesting and amazing places on Earth. This week, we are going to talk about a part of travel that seems to be almost inevitable if you travel enough. We're going to discuss travel disruptions and what we do when those disruptions happen. There's an old saying, when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. The same can be said about disrupted travel, either through missed connections, canceled flights, or just overall changes in plans. Some of our most memorable experiences have come from travel disruptions, and we're going to share a few of those stories today, along with some tips and techniques to help you be prepared when those disruptions occur. So pack a bag, a little patience, and an open mind for adventure, and let's get started. Melissa, one of your favorite travel stories comes from a disruption that you experienced when we were in France, and I had to leave you at the airport to continue on to a meeting that I was attending for work. Yeah, and I think that was probably my first time when I like really had some kind of travel disruption, especially by myself, and it was just like completely unexpected. You dropped me off. I went in to check my bags, and well, I had put my stuff through like with, with the customs things that I had bought and turned all that in, turned all my receipts in and went to check my bags for the flight. And the the person at the ticket counter was just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, here's your here's your vouchers. Like your flight's leaving at 8 a.m. tomorrow. And this was like noon on a Sunday. And, you know, here's your hotel and here's your meal tickets and all that stuff. And I was just kind of like in shock. Like com- that was just like completely unexpected. You know, sometimes you might know because of weather or you know, something, you get a notification. I was just completely in shock. So I think I just called you and was like, oh, what am I going to do? And we were in Paris and you were like, oh, well, I guess you could go back into, you know, Paris for the day. But I don't know. It was January. It was kind of cold. And I was just like, oh, I don't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, it was beautiful out and wanting to go outside. And so you were so sweet and you were just like, well, why don't you go to Disneyland Paris? Like, wouldn't that be so cool? And I had seen, I guess we had seen the signs, right? You'd seen the signs and we'd seen the signs in the airport. And so I just um, actually gone to the hotel, dropped everything off because I was actually taking a bunch of your stuff back. And, and so, yeah, so I just went to the Disney counter and bought the ticket for the afternoon and they had a bus that actually took you there. And so that was just a neat, very unexpected you know, way to spend the afternoon and just being able to walk around and see Disneyland Paris and I think it closed at like eight o'clock and the train station was right there. And so then I just, you know, walked around and saw everything and then just grabbed a ticket on the train and, you know, headed back to the hotel. And I guess it would have been a lot more frustrating if it was like, okay, you had to, thankfully we didn't have anything that we really had to organize um, with like work schedule or kids and you know our pets I I think it was just one of those things where it it was like okay they they were very easily taken care of so I think it would have been you know if that had been more of a hassle it would have been a lot harder but uh, yeah yeah I had really just kind of mentioned that half jokingly but of course you know Melissa was like oh yeah I could do that and you know figured it out and went and, and visited and even today you 
still talk about, you know, all the the hearing the the songs and stuff like that in French and how that made an impression on you. And Oh yeah. Like the parade went by and it was in, you know, it was just everything, everything was in French and I stayed for the fireworks show. I just remember it like the park closed a lot earlier than it would like say in Florida and probably even in, in California and they had the fireworks show and then it just like closed immediately. So, I mean, I mainly just spent the time like walking around, just kind of like seeing the differences between um, Disney world and, and that, and just like, just kind of soaking it in. But yeah, that's funny that you say you were half kidding because I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. So so I think the, the biggest tip I would have for, you know, travel disruptions, because it's, you know, it can be like, oh my gosh, what's, you know, what's going to happen, what's going to do, is that I think it just forces you to to like be creative and just like figure things out. And then so I think just like, okay, take a deep breath. And how can we turn this inconvenience or, you know, whatever, and we're going to give some more examples, but into something like you mentioned at the beginning, like into something where, okay, this became a memorable experience. So I think if you just kind of get past that, you learn a lot from, okay, how do we handle this situation? And if you're traveling with children, like I think it would be a great teaching opportunity too, just for like flexibility and how do we problem solve and, and things like that. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads us into the next story that we're going to talk about is just earlier this year, we were in Slovakia and I had, so I had meetings in Slovakia and then I had meetings after that in the UK, but there was a weekend in between. And so, you know, our plan was, is that we were going to go to Belgium and spend the weekend in Belgium, but you know, it just didn't turn out that way because we had a very short amount of layover when we got back to um, Heathrow. And so, you know, we knew that with having to check our luggage and what we had heard from people that the luggage was very slow in Heathrow and stuff like that. And knowing that we had to clear customs and we had to go back through security, we just really were worried even to begin with. But then when we got through all that, got to the gate or ready to go into the gates, I guess I should say. Uh, we scanned our tickets and they're like, nope, you're not allowed. Even though the flight hadn't left yet, it was too soon before they closed the gates. And so they wouldn't let us go through and get on that flight. Yeah, having to be through that security checkpoint in a certain in a certain amount of time. So, Yeah, not like in the U.S. where... You can kind of go skidding up to the to the gate at the last second. They actually checked the amount of time at that security gate when you scanned your ticket. Yeah, and they even called. Like, I mean, it was pretty late, and so there weren't nobody, like, in the security checkpoint. There was nobody in the. We were actually flying British Airways, and so we talked to them, and he called back there, and it was just like, no, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to get through in time. So, yeah, so what would you say that we... What would you say that we gained from that experience? Well, actually, you know, we talked about it and we said, do we want to just catch the next flight out in the morning? And because that that was the last flight of the day, you know, we talked about maybe taking a train. We talked about a couple of different options, but then it was like, well, we're just not going to have much time once we get there. Like we needed that flight to work. And so when it didn't work out, you know, we then turned and said, okay, what could we do instead? And and I remember going to the ticket agent and I was like, where else could we fly tonight? You know, and 
And of course, I don't think he was a ticket agent. I think he was just a baggage handler or something. And he was like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know where you could go. But um, and this was one of the problems with us not having status with British Airways. We had nobody to call. And you called a number and no one picked up. It just rang and rang and rang and rang. And, and so, you know, this is where things like if this happened and we were flying on Delta, we would call the medallion line and we would get, you know, either straight through to an agent or, you know, we'd be put into a shorter queue and have somebody who could help us figure this out and maybe say, oh, well, look, there's a, you know, a flight going to uh, Denmark or something like that, right? Somewhere else that we've never been before. And and we could have gotten on that, but because we couldn't reach anyone, we just really had to step back and say, all right, we're frustrated. Number we were one. hungry. <laughs> yeah, we were hangry. But we were also frustrated because we really wanted to do this trip and and we needed that time to just kind of gripe and complain a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, about that. And then once we got that out of our system, then we stepped back and said, okay, so what are we going to do? Yeah. And I think in most cases, it's like you said, I think most cases you would say, okay, we can stay somewhere close. We're going to get on the flight the next day because that's what he said. Can, okay, can we can we rebook you for tomorrow? But in this particular case, it was Friday night and we were going to spend all day Saturday there. And then we had a fairly early flight coming back Sunday for just something that we already had planned on Sunday. So it just really didn't make sense. Like it it felt like a lot of waste of time. But in most cases, it would be like, okay, now book us on the next flight. Now we'll just get a hotel room and we'll figure this out. We'll go tomorrow. Um, but yeah, that's true. In this case, it was it was something that we were adding and then headed coming back to London Heathrow as well. So so this is when we just kind of made the game time decision and said, let's stay in London. Although we've spent a lot of time in London, there were still things that we had never done before. You know, one of the things that we we ended up doing, it's something we've done before, but we just enjoyed. We went and rode bikes in Hyde Park that morning, you know, got a cup of coffee, rode bikes for a little bit, went down to the palace because we had heard through a, a blogger that the, the flags were up for the coronation and stuff like that. But so, they weren't. Not yet. Yeah, they, <laughs> they weren't. But that's okay. But yeah, I mean, anytime you can go down through Hyde Park and Green Park and down to... Buckingham Palace and, you know, everybody who's down there seeing it for the first time. Yeah. So we just kind of made our way slowly. And then I had seen something probably, I think in the hotel room or something, one of the magazines about Hampton Court Palace. And I was like, oh, that would be, that would be really neat. They were having a tulip festival. So it was the palace and the grounds. And it was like, oh, this would be really neat. It's, I mean, it's not far outside of London, but it was not something I think that I think we we talked about it on London episode, but it's not something you would do as a first timer, but it's actually very beautiful and very historical and very well done. So it gave us, you know, something new to do in London. Yeah, I, I think it actually kind of ranks up there on some of our most favorite things that we've done in London or, or in and around London. So and we would recommend it to anyone to go and visit Hampton Court Palace, but we we had never done so before ourselves. And so. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that the other thing is a few things. The other things that we learned from this were uh, 
having our travel loyalty. So like we were, we had planned to stay at like a Marriott based hotel in Brussels. And so then just calling because it was past the cancellation time, right? Cause it was like already past check-in. And so I called them and said, okay, here's what happened. Like, can you help us? Cause we, so, you know, hoping that if we could rebook something in London, and they could work that out. And sure enough, they were like, oh, we'll waive the cancellation fees and you won't have to pay anything. And then helped us find something close by that would work for the weekend because you already had something booked for the other time that we were going to be there. So that helped too, having having that loyalty as well. Um, but then also, I think in, in hindsight learning, how would you handle things like this for if you have travel insurance or if you have credit card, a credit card that covers trip disruptions and trip cancellations. So this one was a little interesting because it wasn't, you know, illness or anything like that. It was actually a delay by the airline. And so just kind of knowing. So because we were on a different airline than British Airways, so it was Austrian, I believe, and that was a flight delay, is just knowing now in hindsight, like if you have those flight delays, figure out, I would say right then and there, how do you get a hold of the information that you need to prove that the flight was delayed just so you could figure out how to do it later. Because I did, after we got home, I spent a lot of hours later trying to figure out, okay, how do I get this documentation? And I never got all of it that I needed, but, um, or then even going back to like British Airways, they did refund like part of the taxes and things like that. So I guess just kind of knowing going into it or asking those questions then, okay, what are the regulations? How do I get a hold of this documentation? Because it's been, it was very difficult. And like I mentioned, I was never able to get completely refunded for those flights, but everything else worked itself out. And, you know, we, we really had a good time as we stayed there in London we did things that we'd never done before, like we went down to Carnaby Street in Soho. I got some fantastic pictures and, and did things like that. So, Well, and the other thing that I remember from that after we left, so we took the train out to Hampton Court Palace, but on the way back, it's right there on the Thames. And so there was a boat, the last boat for the night that was going to leave and go up the river a little bit. It was Tim's River Cruises that went a little way there. And I was like, oh, Scott, let's see if we can do this real quick. And they, you know, had a little bar on board and um, we got some cider and stuff like that. And so that was just it for, for me, like that was just a neat experience. And then we had to get off and, you know, take the train the rest of the way to where we were going. But and then, of course, we had some fantastic Indian food. We did. Yes. That's just a great example of where things didn't turn out the way that we wanted them to, but it actually ended up being a, a great trip and probably allowed us to get a little more rest than trying to squeeze another country in, you know, over just a short period of time. There's some, t sometimes things happen and there's just nothing you can do about them. So earlier this year, when we traveled to the Galapagos, we experienced a delay on our flight from Guayaquil, Ecuador, flying to the Galapagos. You have to you know, basically there's two places, and we've talked about this in our episode, you could either go from Quito, Ecuador, or you could go from Guayaquil. And, you know, people choose both of those for various reasons. We now know that we probably would have chosen Guayaquil just from the, the altitude, right? So we went way up in altitude to stay for a couple of days to go down to sea level. But you know, keto was something that I'd wanted to do. I'd wanted to go to see the gilded churches. I'd been there for work and really just saw hotel room, office, you know, restaurant, that type of thing. And we got to go to the equator. Yep, we went to the equator. So 
But anyhow, you had to fly from Quito to Guayaquil and then Guayaquil to the Galapagos. And so as our plane was taking off from Guayaquil, we hit a bird. So a bird went through the engine and blew out the engine and they had to abort the takeoff. And so, you know, that put a delay into our travel. Well, you know, that's a big deal because the reason that we needed to be in Ecuador ahead of time was so that we didn't miss the boat going out on the on the trip. Luckily for us, the majority of the passengers on our boat were on that plane. And I think so, it was all but two people, right? Yeah. I think all the rest of the 14. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they weren't going to go anywhere without the passengers. And it, it did cause us to miss, like, I think the first excursion day that they had. But overall, we got there later that afternoon. And, you know, but you're sitting there in the airport. And this is where I, you know, I mentioned that you need to pack patience. You know, we talk about this a lot. When you're traveling, make sure you pack plenty of patience because when you run into these delays, it's going to be very frustrating. And and we saw a lot of people who figure that out because we're sitting there in this airport and, you know, we don't know who to call. Like, Well, and I... And in this case, we should say, so we had, we had to arrange ourselves to get to Quito, but then we booked everything else. Like, so the travel agency that we used to book the cruise booked that part of the travel too. And so like, we had not even, we hadn't booked these tickets. They just like, here's your, you know, here's your tickets. Yeah. And I think we had, you know, one of the people that were traveling with us had, had reached out to that travel agency, uh, but you know, they didn't get anyone or they didn't know what was going on, right? So they needed some time to go and figure it out themselves. And and so meanwhile, everybody's sitting here in this airport and they're wondering the same questions we are, is are they going to miss their boat? And then if they miss the boat, how do they get onto it? So like, is the airline going to, you know, shuttle us out to meet our boats? You know, we had all these discussions that were going on and then you know, and when things like this happen, often airlines will give you a voucher like for some food or something like that because you're stuck here in a place. Well, this was a case where they put a line up, said that they were going to offer food vouchers. Everybody got in the line and like this thing was taking forever. Like it was taking 15, 20 minutes per voucher to be distributed. And then all these people waiting in line for an hour for these food for the food vouchers and they're like oh we're out of vouchers and so you know the people that were in the back of the line ended up not getting anything you know from that and so i imagine you know very very much frustration but the good part is is that the airline i was concerned because it's just a little small you know ecuadorian airline regional airline at that and i was afraid that it would take them forever to to get parts well you know they're probably not going to build a rebuild a jet engine so parts isn't an option here at this point but you know another plane out to us do they have extra planes right that they could bring another one in and and the good news is is that they did and so i think we were you know three and a half four hours delayed but they finally got the plane there and you know, we got on the plane and everybody's all nervous, you know, is this thing going to happen again? 
And I remember when it lifted off the ground, everybody on the plane started cheering and clapping. Yes, <laughs> because you're right. Like everybody was, well, probably almost everybody was going on a on a cruise, and so it was a it was like a delay. Like you've already kind of traveled for a couple of days, and you're ready to do to do your cruise. But it's just interesting too. It was just a completely different experience than the one that I had when that flight was canceled. Like checking in, and here you go, and here's your vouchers, and you know. So it's just a, a different experience. But yeah, thankfully they were, okay, we've got to get these people where they're going. I mean, I have no idea even was there enough place for people to stay, you know, I mean, yeah. not that when things happen like this, you know, of course you, a lot of people just have to stay in airports and things like that. But, but yeah, we were, we were fortunate that it worked out. And also I think because the length of the trip was, you know, it was an extended trip already, losing half a day wasn't quite so noticeable as if maybe it was a three-day trip, right? And you lose half a day on a three-day trip. Well, that makes, that stings a lot. And But, you know, things like that happen. And, you know, that was what happened to us going to uh, Belgium. It was a short trip. And so missing that flight really meant that it, you know, something that we weren't going to be able to do anymore. Yeah. And so sometimes, I mean, so I guess our tip there is, well, it's like you mentioned in this case, they had to, had us there in Quito by a certain amount of time so we could take this flight so we could get to the island on time, right? So that was already kind of built in. But then when that middle buffer is like, uh-oh, what happens? So just making sure when you do have, you know, cruises or, uh, you know, certain things that you make sure you build in plenty of buffer time. Yeah. So you and Carrie had a, you had an experience when you were going to Greece with Stephanie and Ed. Once again, I, I was I think I was working in in London or outside London at that time and so the two of you went and met Stephanie and Ed in Greece and you guys had not a delay but another travel disruption that happened. Well, it was kind of a delay. So in this case we had we're flying from Atlanta to Athens, Greece. And so the most logical way to do that is to go through like JFK, because then there's a direct flight from JFK to Athens. And so in this case, the flight out of Atlanta for weather probably or whatever kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. And then so we weren't going to make that flight. We weren't getting to New York in time to make that flight. Now, we probably actually could have, but a lot of times the airlines, when you're doing that, like they make a decision and say, okay, we are going to put you on this other flight and try to at least get you there. Because then if you miss that flight and we don't already have you rebooked. Um, so I think even before we left Atlanta, they had rebooked us on a flight then through Frankfurt and then Frankfurt to Athens, which of course extends that a lot more. So unfortunately with that, we had to, like our bags didn't make it. Carrie and I finally, so we're waiting in Frankfurt like half a day, I think. We finally get to Athens and, you know, we wait for our bags and wait for our bags and then we're the last people there. And then you come to the conclusion, okay, you know what? Our bags aren't, they're not coming. And we got to go talk to these people at the desk and all that good stuff. So, and also I think that was my first time. So Carrie was um, doing a study abroad. She was in high school, but that was my first time, like, as a traveler, like traveling with one of my children, then where I've alone, like maybe without you have to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Right. Because we were then supposed to get, we're supposed to get to, so we were half a day, three quarters of a day delayed getting into Athens. We had already had ferry tickets. We were actually doing the island of Idra first and then coming back in a few days in Athens. So we had to like figure out 
the fairies have already left. We've got to figure out, okay, where are we going to stay? So I think I went on booking.com and tried to just find something real quick and tried to look, okay, where, so that we can be, take that first ferry out. Stephanie and Ed were already over there. And, you know, what are we going to do? So thankfully, so my tips there were, and I've tried to stick with this since then, because I was very fortunate that I had packed things like electronic chargers, extra battery packs, uh, toiletries, extra clothes, things like that in a carry-on bag so that we would have those things. Um, And then just being able to like have my phone, you know, on Wi-Fi to figure out where the hotel was. And I remember taking the bus to the hotel and just saying, okay, telling the driver, uh, like, I don't know anything about like, tell us when we're going to you know, tell, this is where I'm going. Like, tell me when I need to get off and just having to do those things. A lot of times when you travel, you're not, I'm not good about like, okay, asking, like you want to act like you fit in or, you know, whatever, you know what you're doing. But in this case, it's like, okay, it's getting late. Like it's going to be dark. Like saying to him, tell me when to get off. And he did. And then there were, thankfully there were signs like that told us how to get to this hotel. And the people were super nice. Like they actually went down to the ferry early in the morning and rebought our tickets as well. And it actually turned out better that we didn't have this luggage because we went to Idra, which is like, there's no cars. It's like all cobblestone. You can either walk or ride donkeys. So as I mentioned in the last episode, not doing your, you know, roll in that suitcase, click, 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 you know, all the way up the thing. We just had like our backpack and stuff like that. And we had just told them, had to told the airline, hey, just this is where we're going to stay when we get back to Athens, because there's not going to be time for you to bring me this bag. And then I'm going to have this bag on this island and I'm already going to be left. And so they just, they took it there and we, we had to go buy a few things. So in in that case, again, I think just knowing, like we should have said to the airline, okay, well, we don't have our stuff. So like, what is your policy? Like, do you give us 50 bucks? Do you give us, cause we did have to go buy a few like toiletry things. We also were going to go to the beach on the island. The only reason we even brought a bathing suit, I don't know why I didn't pack that in the carry on. So we each had to go, you know, like buy a swimsuit on the island. And so like just asking, okay, like what is your policy from the get go to like buy these things or how do I file for reimbursement? But a lot of times you just don't think about those things. So just kind of like having a checklist in your mind, you know, because it's hard to kind of think clearly when you've got to then change all these plans. And I know a lot of times now you'll actually either pack a change of clothes or a bathing suit or you know, depending on what we're doing, you'll put that into your carry-on if we're going to check a bag. And that is why, <laughs> because of that experience, but then also chargers and stuff too, because like, I I really don't know what we would, that would have been very hard. I don't know what we would have done if I hadn't at least liked to pack those chargers and, and things like that. And, and I like to be able to, you know, like wash your face and have your own toothbrush and, and, you know, have your own things as well. So that would be, that would be my tip is just like, okay, figuring that out. But the place that we were staying on Idra, like they were super nice. It was like a little small bed and breakfast and we had planned to stay two nights. You know, I had the reservation and she didn't charge me. We did have to rebuy those ferry tickets. So again, just asking the airlines, okay, like these are the things we have, like, do you reimburse for? Because it was, you know, their, their fault, their delay. So. And then we said we would talk about one last travel disruption that, that I ran into when I was traveling uh, alone, I used to commute back and forth to New York every week. And it was at the time when our daughter was getting married. My boss may have encouraged me to leave earlier that week. And I was like, no, I've got some stuff I need to wrap up. I need to get done. It's no problem. I have plenty of time. And then when I get to the airport, it seemed like these thunderstorms came from nowhere. And there was a, a long line of 
thunderstorms that cut off the northeast from the rest of the U.S. And all I saw was canceled, canceled, can't every flight on the board canceled, canceled, canceled. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because I need to get home for the wedding. And so that was a trip where I had to really think outside the box and became a trip of planes, trains, and automobiles. So hopped in a taxi, took the taxi over to Penn Station, got on a train, took the train down below that line of thunderstorms into D.C., and then from D.C. I was able to catch another flight back to Atlanta. But I remember, you know, really almost coming in on two wheels for, you know, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't like I was just about to miss the wedding. It was the rehearsal, you know, that night before. But, you know, just being really worried because I was sitting there thinking like, okay, if I can't, if I can't get a flight into Atlanta, I'm going to have to drive. And I'm Googling how, how long will it take me to drive from New York to Atlanta? And it was like 16, 18 hours or something like that. And I was like, God, there's no way I could drive 16, 18 hours by myself straight through. So like, this is going to be two days. So like in my mind, everything kept coming back to, you're going to miss this. (laughs) And so but thankfully, I was able to, you know, get get that flight uh, rescheduled out of D.C. Boy, everybody was fighting for those seats because they were running into the same problems. And matter of fact, you know, when I get on the train, I'm just surrounded by people that I started recognizing that they were sitting in the airport as well. And so they had the same idea and they were doing the same thing that I was doing. Um, but, you know, this is where I come into some of our tips and you know, techniques for dealing with travel delays and and disruptions. You want to kind of dig into some of those, Melissa? Yeah. So do you think, I'm sure you told your story, like to the Delta, to the Delta people, like, do you think that had any bearing of like, you got, you got a seat versus somebody else like sooner or? Maybe, I don't know. But one of the things that I would say is that this goes back to earlier I talked about the value of the brand loyalty. I was able to get a hold of somebody. I mean, remember, every flight on that board delayed, 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 right? Or or canceled. It wasn't delayed. It was just canceled. So every one of those flights got canceled. And every one of those flights had people that needed to be rebooked on something. And so the lines in the airport were just all the way down the terminal, trying to to get in front of someone to talk to. Well, so I just said, screw it. I've got to figure this out on the fly. And so I'm, I'm talking to you in the taxi and I'm like, okay, here's my plan of, of attack. Here's what I'm thinking. But then I immediately got on that, you know, medallion line. I think that time I was diamond medallion because I was flying so much, but you know, and so I got right on to somebody and I told them, you know, here's the story and so I did get on that flight out of D.C. It wasn't the first flight. I did have to end up spending the night in D.C. or spending a few hours in a hotel or something like that. And then the next morning I took that flight out. But it got, you know, really, really it got me into 
Atlanta just about an hour or so before the Yeah, rehearsal. I mean, so it must have been like later in the day because that was in the evening. So it wasn't like it was like right away. And so that's why I mentioned like if you've got something, you know, a cruise or another connection or a wedding or something, just working yourself in some buffer time. I mean, there's I know there's times, um, you know, recently when all like lots of the airlines just had some, you know, major problems and there's just really nothing that you can do. But if you just have some, some buffer time, and then like you said, yeah, having that airport loyalty. And I think one of the things is maybe also having, like you were saying, you were calling me just having somebody to just like complain to like bounce it off of, but not taking it out on people at the airport or the airline employees or like, for example, like in London, when that happened to us, okay, that wasn't any of their fault. Like it wasn't even the same airline. There was just nothing you could do. Like you can't take it on the security people because like that's not their policy, right? They had those policies in place for a news. And so I guess just like you're saying, be patient and like, you know, just pack your kindness and just don't take it out yeah. on, on the wrong people. But if you have somebody back home or just somebody like, okay, let me get this off my chest and maybe you can help me in a calmer state of mind, help me to think think through a different plan or what would be the best course of action as well. So, you know, our, our tip here was get, get it off your chest. I mean, don't bottle it up. You're frustrated. It sucks when things like this happen, but get it off your chest and then quickly pivot into, all right, what am I going to do to turn this into something good, right? It may not be something great that you had planned, but how do I keep it from just being rotten and salvage it and keep it in the realm of something that's good? Yeah, that's true. And I, I mean, I just think back like to our Greece trip and we, that hotel that we end up staying at, like having dinner there and having the myth, mythos beer for the first time, you know, and just like being introduced to that, that was like our first introduction to like Greek food. And it was like a little local, you know, a little local place and, you know, just little experiences like that. and and. And like you said, going to Disneyland or just how can you make it into something? So if you're stuck somewhere, like, is there a way that we can make this work? Is yeah. there something, you know, if you have kids with you, like, where can we take them? Where, you know, to like, just try to make this something fun instead of just staying frustrated and angry and turn it into something, a positive memory, I guess. Yeah. And I think for me, growing up as a child, we flew standby, right? We were non-rev my mom worked for the airlines and literally we would pack a bag but sometimes we'd totally different clothes in that bag because we might be heading to one location and then you get there and then by the time you can get on the plane you know all the seats fill up and uh and so you're not going there anymore but we didn't just go home <laughs> my mom just knew like you know she worked in reservation so she knew every flight kind of in her head and she's like okay well we could probably go here and so it was almost like taking a dart out and throwing it at a map and be like let's try this instead and so we went to a lot of different places than where we had intended as a child growing up just because of that yeah, and I think that was your mindset too when you knew that we weren't going to make that flight to Brussels. It was like, okay, where else can we go? And then thankfully, we were then in a place, London, you know, where, I mean, yeah. you know, London is always a good idea. So it's like, okay, what else, what else can we do? So. so we talked a little bit about travel insurance and, you know, credit cards that have travel disruption in it, but it's not good enough to just have that. There's some, some tips that you need to give people 
that will help them. Yeah, I think like know what's covered. So try, you know, as boring and unfun as that is from a travel perspective, right? It's like the, not the fun part, but like know what is covered, right? And then know what kind of documentation you're going to need. So if you have an emergency, like even before you go and somebody gets sick, like, so just know like, okay, if I'm at the doctor or whatever, like what kind of paperwork do I need to get from them? If your flight is delayed, if your flight is canceled, if just like be proactive to say, okay, how can I get this documented? Who, you know, what email do I need? What website do I need? Can I go ahead and put in a request for this kind of thing? And just be, you know, asking questions a lot of times. And I know that those insurance policies, those credit card things are cumbersome to like read through, but they have, you know, toll free numbers and things like that. So just call and say, Hey, you know, asking questions, Hey, we might have this issue or, but I just want to understand you know, what we need. I think the sooner that you can do that, because like I said, on the back end, it was difficult for me to online get the things that I, that I needed. So just doing a little work up front to like figure out what it is that you need. And I think lastly, just the last tip that we'll throw in, if you have a tight layover in a, in a airport or a town or something like that, you might want to think about proactively doing some research on that city or that area put a few pins on a google map that if you were to get stuck there you're not having to start from scratch you know where would i go where would i stay what might i see there those type of things so at least you can pull that up you know and then be prepared to to salvage the trip it, you know might even help you to think about a new place that you want to go and visit that you had never thought about before because it's in a area where you just would typically lay over. Yeah, that's true. And you can turn into someday bucket list into, yeah, today bucket list because they're a cancellation bucket list. That's true. That's a good, yeah, that's a good thought. And, you know, a lot of times, like you said, you could, you could find something, you know, near the airport to stay or just something convenient, but yeah, what would be a, what would be fun things to do? So that's a great tip, Scott. Well, our sincere hope is that none of you ever have to experience disruptions in your travels. We've shared a few examples of how we turn those potentially bad situations into something memorable, but we also recognize it adds a layer of stress into something that you had intended to be pleasure. We hope that these stories have helped give you a tool that will help you in the event that you experience an unexpected travel disruption. If you have a favorite story of how you turned a travel disruption into a great set of memories, we would love to hear it. Leave us a comment or drop us a note as we are always inspired by your travel stories. Who knows, we might even want to share it in an upcoming episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll find some inspiration to help you with your travel journeys. Please consider going on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. The more five-star reviews we have, the more likely we are to be featured and discovered by others. Make sure to follow or subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new episodes when they are released. You can also find us on Instagram at Sunshine Travelers Podcast. Remember that's Travelers with one L. And most importantly, share it with your friends and help them catch the travel bug. You never know, they may become your greatest travel companion.